Hi, I'm Bridget Metcalf. Join me each week as I chat with leaders from around the world, shining a light of global issues that affect us all, so the truth may be known. Don't miss out on the conversation. Go to your favorite podcast streaming service now to subscribe to Truth Be Known. For upcoming podcasts, go to truthbeknown.org and enjoy the conversation. Hello, friends. This is Bridget Metcalf, and thank you for joining us today on Truth Be Known. I want to introduce you to a couture fashion designer from Hyderabad, India, Neelam Ashley. I first met Elam in Bangkok, Thailand when he was here doing a fashion week in 2018, and I knew right away that our paths would cross again. We exchanged contacts and kept in touch, and the following year we worked together on the World Sealed Conference where Neelam made an incredible collection called the Alabaster Collection and presented a world-class fashion show that was geared to value, love, restore, and reclaim those trapped in human and sex trafficking. I encourage you to take a listen to this transformational story of a young boy in a world of expectations and how he found his faith and how to live out his passion and destiny in a fashion world as a strong believer in Christ. Enjoy the conversation as we dive into this week's episode of Truth Be Known. We had a whole house uh, beside this house, which was like more than 100 years old. I mean, my childhood was in that old house and we demolished that and we shifted to this house and uh, it's been like more than 20 years in this particular house. Wow. So that's nice. So does your entire family live there? Uh, Yeah, we we have like different properties around the same place. So we had a joint family of 31 members. But once everyone grew up, my father and the elder brother of my father, they divided the properties. Everybody got their own share and they shifted all together in the same vicinity. So you have a large family. Yeah, yeah. And how many brothers and sisters do you have? I have an elder brother and an elder sister, and they're both in medical fields. One is genetic engineer and one is a doctor. He's a psychiatrist in London. Tell me a little bit about your journey growing up and how did you get involved in the design field and where did that come from? Where did that desire come from? Where did the giftings and the talents come from? Yeah, so basically my childhood was very different because as I told you before, I had a joint family. So we were all like around 13 to 14 cousins together. And during that time, my father was a doctor. So he wanted us to get into convent school. Uh, There was a church attached to the school, like as most of the convent schools have. So I used to go to the church and kneel down during my lunch break. I don't know. But whenever I had an issue with any teacher or anybody, uh, you know, bullying me or something like that, I used to go and sit at the cross. And that time I was not really knowing like the Bible or Jesus or anything like that. But then I used to find, uh, you know, comfort when I used to go and sit there. And then when I came to my 11 and 12, uh, there was a huge pressure from my parents that I have to take up science group because both my siblings were in science. They were into medical. And so they wanted me also to become a doctor. 
uh, but I was not really very sure of taking up science. But then it was tough. But then I started doing my entrance exams for the medicine. But I couldn't really get into it because my passion wasn't that. But later, I was a very creative person because I used to attend uh, sessions of arts painting, clay making. And out of all my cousins, I was the one very creative. I used to go to these places where there was art and I used to learn a lot of art over there. And I used to sit the whole night and design some creative stuff. So I was very creative and I didn't want to get into medicine or something of that sort. So it was a very kind of struggle for me during that time, finding what my parents wanted me to become and what I wanted to do. So that is when I met Jesus. I met my faith, which I am now into because I was from a different background. And during that time of my 12th grade, I was guided to one of these places where one of my friends, he told me that, you know, you go to this particular church. It was like a kind of a building. And there was this, again, the Jesus idol and the cross which I very much relate to when I was in my schooling. And I used to go there and talk to that cross. I used to go and sit there. That is the time when I could really connect to Jesus as a friend. So I used to share every problem to him. It was on a Tuesday or a Thursday. I used to go every week. And there were times when I used to walk to that place like, okay, I'm going to go and meet my friend. So I have to meet him in this week. Because that time it was not like you have to go to church on Sunday. Because I didn't know anything about how the Christians have to go to church. But I only knew that, you know, I'm going to meet my friend and I'm going to sit with with him and I talked to him. So I used to go to that particular place and, and that's how my life changed. And he became so close to me and I used to share everything to the cross there, like I'm talking to a person. So I discovered friendship and I could feel that presence. So that way I got uh, connected to Christ and I knew that he is a person. He's talking to me and I'm going to share with him and he is going to listen. That's and incredible. He, he, that is something which has changed my life. And from there, I was guided to another English church and studying and listening to the preaching and being a part of church. It's been like 22 years now. Now, how with the pressure that you felt from your family to go into medicine, but yet you knew that wasn't your passion and you had discovered Jesus as a friend during that time, how were you able to walk in your passion and please your family and really find confidence to be able to go into that? There was some kind of a connection for me. It might sound very childish, but I just had Jesus. Nobody would really understand what I wanted to do because none of them would do drawings in my house. Nobody knew what I wanted to do. Even before the fashion college, I was continuously praying that I'm going to do something creative. 
And then my brother, who was a doctor then, he used to say to me, why do you want to get into fashion? Do you want to be a tailor and design clothes? But why do you want to get into that? You need to have a proper post-graduation and all that. So I had, I had to honor them. So I continued doing my post-graduation. That was a master's in business administration. And over there, my different journey started because I was not at all passionate to do business. Uh, my mind was always creative. I had to just do it because I should have a post-graduation. So even there, I was put up where there were like 70 students. And these 70 students were like all very formal and in all formal attires. And I was the odd one because I was very soft-spoken. Uh, I was uh, very different when I was in that uh, setup. But you know, over there, God gave me the boldness. That was a another part of my life where I had the boldness and I became very popular in my post-graduation and we used to have sudden exams and ask us to talk on some particular topic which would be politics or economics so I used to pray to God if my name is called I have to be bold with a bold voice so I won't be bullied and I used to do the best and that came directly from God. So for me, it was a very close connection that this is happening only because of my friend Jesus. I am very specific when I ask God what I want. I ask, do this for me, and that would happen. So in that way, my faith developed and it increased, and it was all my Jesus, who was a friend to me, who was there. And that is how I journeyed. And I was really doing best. So my parents didn't have any complaint. To me. And I came out of that post-graduation with really high grades. Then I told them I have done post-graduation. Now is the time I have to pursue my fashion. Now is the time I have to get into my creativity. And nobody said, no, they allowed me. That is amazing. So when you got your postgraduate degree and you were able to go forward on that, what was the next step when you said, I'm going to go into this creative mode and you got the blessing of your parents? What was the next step for you? It was very tough for me to get into a design college. They were not allowing me to get into the campus. Then I said, no, I have to get into this college because I waited for five years to do fashion. So I somehow asked the people to get me in because I'm an MBA. So I know the tactics. So I said that I need to meet the principals. The next day, I dressed up really good. When I was allowed into the office, the principal had to say that, you know, the admissions are over and we are not giving you the admission. Then I said, I have waited for five years. I need to get this admission. Then he said that we need your parents to call us. And then he told me that the fee is very high. So you need to pay the fee at a time. He wanted me to just go away so that he can't give me the admission. But then I told him that, yes, I will come with the fee and I will join this college. Then the early morning, seven o'clock, I started from my house and I was continuously praying. I had taken the money. And I went there and I sat there and he comes and he says, you are so passionate to do fashion. So just get into your class. Wow. So he showed me the class. He called the teacher and I went into the class. And that was the turning point for me to pursue what I wanted to do. Now, how long was that journey at the school? And then what was the next step after that? 
So I was in that very advanced kind of a course. So it was for one year, which was given for students who want to start their mainline branding. Then I came out and my first show, I still remember the media press was there and there were so many students and the press just moved away all the students and they just came to me. And there was uh, this press which asked me a question and I was telling that it's all because of my Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, they didn't publish, <laughs> they didn't write it in the paper, but they just gave my entire name in the paper that this particular person has graduated and it has come in the main English paper. And that is the time my father saw the paper. Then my dad was saying me that, okay, our family name is in the papers. God didn't let me down. My name came in the paper later, my images later, my collection. There is such an entire archive of newspapers and magazines where I am featured. And I still remember that interview. I said, it is Lord Jesus gives me the strength and they didn't publish. So it was a different kind of a journey and God made me famous. Wow. And so after that show, after that recognition and everything what was the next step after that by then i was very known in the city and i was featured in the magazines and i wanted something really big i applied to fit in new york and saint martins they are graded as number one colleges so even to apply and get into one of those prestigious colleges the fee was so very, very high. So my parents and my brother, they were like, no, we can't allow you to go to such a big college. But I was not disappointed. I was just thinking to myself, God has done so much in my life and he's given so much to me. He will give me even this. I applied for the scholarship in New York University. So they take 34 students all over the world and I was selected from India. So I got an admission and then I was at the visa center. I still remember. And I was asked 26 questions in the consulate. I still remember. And that three days I fasted and I prayed. And the next day morning, I get the passport with the U.S. visa. God has really been behind me. I do have a diary where I write whatever I ask him. And he fulfills it. I mean, I have now four diaries. So every time I write there, thank you, Lord, you have done this. Thank you, Lord. And with the date and the time and prayer I meet, I literally write journal it. So I would say that it is more to do with our intimate journey with him. Just like how you love your parents, how you are with your family, your children or your friends, you have to have also Jesus there in your life. So it is not that he is the priority, but he is the center. This is a statement which I always use. Many times people say God is the first priority. Yes, it is the first priority as we talk. But when we verbally make him the center of your world, the center of your life, you are successful. You will be given what you desire according to his will and plan. Having said that, it's not that I didn't go through bad situations. It is not that I didn't cry on my pillow and my pillow got wet. I did have those moments, but I did have a great friend that is Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
So if you were to encounter, and I know that you do this on a regular basis, but other young emerging designers, maybe they feel misunderstood or maybe they feel discouraged. How would you inspire them? How do you share with them your journey to get them to understand this concept of not only building their creativity, but getting to know the creator that created their creativity? Yes, uh, this is a very wonderful question. I'm also a head of department in one of the fashion colleges, and I get across a lot of students. And these students are from different backgrounds, and they are also very differently oriented in terms of uh, sexuality and also their mental makeup. So this is a chance for me. Eventually, whenever any student gets to me, I could just see that spark. They're wanting to know more about me. They're wanting to know uh, what is my secret. And uh, now because of Facebook and Instagram and Google, they would definitely understand that, okay, sir is from a Christian background. He goes to church. So a lot of students come to me and express their failures, uh, express certain kind of things. But I would make them my friends. I would talk to them about their backgrounds. I would talk to them about their parents. I would slowly try to analyze and understand what is their faith circle like you know what are they believing in and trusting in so instead of really quoting the scripture i usually talk about the moral scriptures like how the scriptures are this and that and the students ask me some kind of questions and every question i answer with the scripture they are so delighted to hear me and slowly, slowly I build a channel with them and then I'll share my testimony. I'll share what happened to me and I'm not really very snobbish and I don't throw luxury at people because I don't want to be that way because if I show that I'm very snobbish, I become very unapproachable. So I always make sure that I'm very approachable and people come and talk to me and I don't build that kind of an aura around me that I'm shining like that. Of course, I shine because of the light of Christ, but I don't show that kind of a worldly shine. So a lot of people are very malleable to talk to me and slowly, slowly I guide them to the scriptures. And there was a situation where I had my birthday and I told the students that y'all are not getting me gifts. This is the time I will give you the gifts. So I gave them all gifts and I took the New Testament Bible from my church and I distributed to all the students. And there were some students from different language and they took these Bibles and they treasured it as some kind of a masterpiece which I'm giving them. And after five years, one of the students gets back to me and she says that, you know, sir, you have given me that blue color New Testament. Testament Bible and I still have it and I got married and I'm still carrying that to my in-laws place. So, you know, it feels so energizing that what you do is remembered and you are bold. The Lord will give you the boldness, the spirit of boldness when you have passion. Well, you mentioned earlier that when you were growing up that you suffered a little bit of bullying and that you were sharing earlier about how you would go to the cross and you would talk to your friend Jesus and you would let him share with you and talk to you and, and you would talk to him. Tell me a little bit about how you overcame bullying 
and even being misunderstood, especially being so different from the rest of your family, being that creative one with that longing to create. I know sometimes uh, being a creative that if you're not creating, you almost can get depressed or discouraged. So it's like something inside of you that you have to constantly be fueling. So tell me a little bit about that situation and how you navigated through it. During that time, though I was like bullied because of my soft voice, basically it was because I had a very feminine soft voice because of that. And later also because I had friends who were like, like, you know, you have your school and you have the captains, you have the sports people, all these people. So I used to always be with the gang sort of a thing, which was like a bad gang or something like that. So because of that reasons, uh, there used to be a lot of jealousy in, in the school time. Because of that, I used to get uh, bullied. But I would say that it all worked good for me. I was never very disappointed or took it to the heart. I feel very blessed that it is just during that time I found my faith. If I wouldn't have found my faith during that situation and that span of 10th grade and 12th grade when I was a teenager, I do not know where I would have been today. Because I encountered a lot of other people. They were very extremely feminine and their sexual orientation was very different. So I used to also hang around with those people. And this is something that really, I need to say this. Thank you for getting this question. I used to have those kind of friends. I used to hang around with them because I was very soft-spoken. I was very friendly. Uh, so I was guided to where there were these very effeminate people. And they also saw me and they tried to be friends with me. Later, uh, when I was just started going to the church, God has allowed me to disconnect with those friends. And it's important for me to say this which happened in my life, and I think I'm telling for the first time, it was God who disconnected me from that kind of company. And I have changed totally different from that sort of thing. I still feel that God protected me and he brought me out from those circles. And one of the strangest things which happened was I encountered that person after 20 years and I was looking at him and he was looking at me, but he couldn't recognize me. God actually brought me face to face to that situation where I saw him and I was in an instant realization, yes, I am not there. That's something which is very personal to me. And that is something which I see that God was there. He was divinely intervening in that situation. That's amazing. And so also it sounds like not only did... God really protect you during that time. And Jesus was your friend. He pulled you away from some of those situations that would have taken you down a different path. But on top of that, it sounds like your boldness and that desire to be strong in every avenue that you were in, whether it was your graduate degree, whether it was your design degree that you were doing, every avenue, you became this bold, bold in the Lord, but yet also bold in your personality. Would you say that God gave you that confidence? Yes, yes. 
Recently, I was invited to one of these restaurant openings where I was asked to be the guest and asked to speak, uh, bring the word of God. I spoke on God confidence and I was uh, speaking out of some of my experiences and how you wear God confidence. And the key is faith, right? So I was preaching on God confidence and there was this huge crowd from different backgrounds. And after the preaching got over, I met one lady and I spoke to her a long time but after she left she asked another lady to call me and ask is this the same Neelam who was my student in my degree college he was very different I just have a doubt whether he's the same person so that girl calls me and she asked me are you the same guy who studied this so-and-so college then I said yes and I think she is my chemistry teacher and this teacher used to tell me that you are very different, you are very feminine, you put your hands like this, you talk like this, stop all these things. And she was very concerned about my presentation during those times. And uh, see how I happened to meet her after 17 to 18 years and she's hearing my lecture she was really she was in a shock and then she took my number and then I happened to call her and I happened to tell her that this is the same Neelam you saw me in this chemistry class that's how you know God is great he will make you a witness he will make you a testimony and uh and the entire glory goes to him. Wow. So I'm encountering such kind of things. And uh, I praise God that he made me what I am today. That's amazing. And she got to witness that transformation. You and I met three years ago in Bangkok, Thailand, and we made an instant connection. But for the people that are listening right now, can you explain what you're doing now and how you are going forward in fashion, what you're doing with even your MDiv that you're studying as well? Can you give us a little bit of information on all of that? When I had shared the journey of what all degrees I hold and how the things happened, I have to not miss my MDiv which is a theological studies. What actually happened was I was very passionate to know the word of God. I studied science, I studied accounts, I studied management, I studied industrial psychology, I studied fashion, I studied history. And then I was just wondering that, you know, I have to study the word of God. I was so passionate to know him and to know the scriptures very rightly. My agenda was that I was passionate and I wanted to know the word of God. I also did not think that I need to really have a strong uh, biblical background. I need to study because sometimes people feel that you study because you want wisdom and all that. So there is a different interpretation out here sometimes. So I didn't want it to study, but God allowed that to happen. Uh, it was a divine intervention, I can say. Apart from that, since my longing and passion is for people who are into arts, people who are into creativity. I come across a lot of such kind of people. So I had the passion to 
help them facilitate and show them the direction. So this got to me to start an agency and it is called Eschato by Neelam Ashley. It is derived from the term eschatology, which is the study of the end times. We have hospitality and compassion ministry. We have arts and creative ministry. We have teaching and training. We have church planting. When we talk about church planting, it's in the remote villages, even through the tribal places because I have come across places where there is no proper flooring. People are sitting just on the mud or they're just worshipping in a very small places. This is in the remote villages. So we wanted to facilitate some kind of facilities over there. When we talk about arts, we have some of the young artists who want to sell their art and they do not get good price for their art. So we're going to take their art and exhibit in a bigger avenues where people would buy it for more uh, purchasing power. So we facilitate the art to be sold. Uh, we facilitate church things to happen. And we have also thinking of a compassion ministry where uh, people have started something, but because of the finances or because of a proper guidance, they have stopped that dream to happen. So we identify such kind of people and we try to fund them and make that dream happen for them and then leave it there. So we be the initiators for that. There's a questionnaire we have. And so we go through a particular process and then we help them. So that is what is Cato all about. That's exciting. Escato sounds really exciting to launch people's dreams and visions, just like your dreams and visions have been launched. You're able to reproduce that in different people that really have that passion inside of you. You made a comment earlier. You said that God works through the passion. You said something about passion earlier. Could you just say that again? Like, tell me what you said on that. I feel that your right sort of passion of what you want to do, that has to be in place. A lot of youngsters today, they look at the situations and the surroundings and they shift their passion. When you have passion and there is God's will in that, even if it's late, he allows that to happen. Because I realized, and I always say this, that God is interested in the particularity of your life. And when your particular aspect is seen through his eyes, he will allow that to happen. So, so we need to have that particular faith, like when Abraham was asked to go to a certain place where he didn't know what the new place was, and he had to leave whatever he had already, but he had to obey God. So he left, and then he got this promise from God, and it's been fulfilled. So, But he made a move. So passion is something which is verbal, which is like a verb, like, you know, you need to move with your passion. It's not just you're going to have passion and you're going to leave it there, but you need to move ahead with the divine influence and divine intervention of God. You need to recognize that. That's awesome. Are you currently working on any projects as far as fashion forward projects right now? I have come up with respect to one of the wings in Escato Ministries, where we have arts and creatives. I have a project which would be launching. It's not yet decided on which date, but it is called Project Dress 7. Over here, we are asking people to wear that particular dress continuously for seven days. 
Of course, they are going to be given two sets of the dresses, but they're going to wear the same dress, same color, same design every day. And when they go out to meet people or they go for inauguration or they go for judging a show or they go for high profile invitations, they are wearing the same dress Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until Sunday. So we would ask these celebrities and famous personalities who are popular to do this with me. So I am in talks with some of them to take up this project. So what happens is that when they're wearing this particular dress, the media or people are going to ask them, why is that you're wearing the same dress you wore it on the Sunday, you're wearing the same on Monday? What is it about? Then she would say the story behind why is she doing that? So in a way, she would promote the escato. At the same time, she would give a small bite about sustainable clothing, how these funds were going to help underprivileged or the orphanage or sex trafficking or something like that. So this is going to be done only with the famous, popular celebrities only because they move in different places. And so in that way, there is also a kind of a misconception that the celebrities just wear expensive clothes and they just throw them off. They do not have value for money, something of that sort. But it's not true all the time. There are a lot of them who are very different. So by doing this Project Dress 7 with me, they are also standing up and giving a statement that they are humble. They they do know the value for money. Wow, Dress 7. I love that. Where did that idea come from? Uh, One of the nights, I was just thinking how to include other people into this and interlink these people who are there in my contact list, who I know and who would believe in what I'm doing, how am I going to use them? And from there, this thought came, and that is free of cost. So I'm going to give them the dress free, and I'm going to give them two sets of dresses, so which they're going to wear for seven days. So in that way, they have to just participate. That's fantastic. I love that. It's so creative. What a what a wonderful ministry that you have there that you're launching and really starting to see people come together and how you can serve your community and plant churches and really build up emerging young fashion designers as well and creatives that they can utilize not only their incredible talents, but they can understand that this talent comes from the creator, God himself. And so this is an incredible opportunity. I am so thankful that I had this time with you today, Neelam. It's it's really a wonderful joy to hear your journey and your story. Hopefully we'll be able to see each other soon. I, I don't know when the borders are going to open up, but I know that I'm very excited that you're going to be working with Sealed Ministry with our virtual world conference. We're going to be doing a fashion show at the end and excited about that. And thank you for joining with us on that as well. It's going to be a fantastic time. So I I really am thrilled to hear your journey and how you've been used and even inspired by thinking of you just being this young man sitting at that foot of the cross and becoming a friend with Jesus and how this has changed the course of your life in so many ways. And like you said, that Jesus has given you everything you've ever asked for because you've brought him to the center of your life. So with that being said, I want to ask you, is there any closing remarks that you would like to share? If you had a young person in front of you, or maybe just imagine a young Neelam in front of you, that would be that maybe 16 or 17 year old boy that 
had those struggles, what would you say to that young man and to encourage him for the future? Well, I would say look at the cross and trust your intuitions. Trust that you have somebody in your life you whom you can't see, but you can feel, whom you can't talk, but you can express, and whom you can't touch, but he's so close to you. And as it says, come and sit uh, on the throne of my heart. So, you know, I would encourage youngsters or somebody of that part to allow God to minister to you, allow God to be your friend. And it is not wrong asking God everything, because God is a God of detail and he is ready here to do your wishes and fulfill your dreams and as they are aligned to the will of God and they are scripture driven you would definitely have amazing life but first thing you need to be just open to him just open up as general as a very casual friend and then start your journey depending on him talking to him, praying with him, that kind of connection is very important, which you're going to build when you look at Jesus and his work on the cross. And everything is victorious when you have the name of Jesus in your life. And he will take you to the path of victory. And he will allow you to march into your avenues wherein you didn't plan, but he knows the best plan for you. So I would encourage Look at the cross, make him your friend. Amen. That's such a good word. Thank you so much, Neelam. It's been a pleasure to be able to interview you today and to hear your story and hear more about Escado and the journey that you've been on and what an inspiration it is to all the creatives out there, as well as people that just want to really discover their gifting, their calling, their passion and live it out. So thank you for being that example. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Neelam, for sharing your journey into the world of fashion. I encourage all of you to go to Neelam's YouTube channel and check out his designs, as well as Escado and Project 7. And coming this October 16, 2021, we will have the World Sealed Conference, and we will be featuring Neelam's collection, Alia. Find out more at sealed.life. That's www.sealed.life. Thank you, friends, for listening to Truth Be Known. And go to truthbeknown.org. That's truthbeknown.org to find out more about our future episodes and guests that will be joining us each week. You can always find us on your favorite streaming service. And don't forget to let the truth be known.